boy. Welcome back to Dive Bar Sportscast. Wipe your feet, pour yourself a drink, and get ready to dive in. We're talking about NBA super teams. Oh, joy. This is going to be a fun one. But first... There are some things we got to cover. We got a little bit of a condensed news uh, cycle in this one just because we want to be able to dedicate as much time as possible to uh, the the main topic. But, uh, Connor, take us away. Absolutely. So, yeah, obviously, like you were saying, we got some quick hits this week. Obviously, Broncos hiring Sean Payton as their head coach. They gave up a lot for him and Russell Wilson. So that's That's, interesting to see how that's going to pay off. That's a big one. That's a big yeah. one. I mean, big or good organization, you know, from from top to bottom, you one would think. And Elway's obviously calling the shots. So Peyton wasn't going to leave the, you know, he he wasn't going to come back to coaching for anything less than a really good situation. And after the yeah. season the Broncos had, there were question marks of like whether this was going to be that right situation. Sean Peyton decided it is. So mm-hmm. next, another head coaching hire the. Uh Houston Texans hired San Francisco's defensive coordinator and their former linebacker, the Texans, mm. might I add, D'Amico Ryans. It's a great hire. I'm, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's been a, an insanely quick rising star in the league and should be great for them. I, I absolutely agree. And I got to tell you, I, I personally, and, and I, you know, I, I would love to dive into the numbers on this at, at some point, you know, but... I find that defensive coordinators make better coach, better head coaches. I, I in my person, and that's I, I'd love to like again. I'd love to see the numbers, but mm-hmm. to me that makes a lot of sense. So good for him, and I uh, hope the Texans, especially if they're coming out with a high draft pick, hope they uh, they land their their uh, franchise quarterback and really get things you know kicked into high gear. Agreed. And um, last coaching hire that we had, major one, uh, Cowboys former offensive coordinator Kellen Moore is moving to the L.A. Chargers to mm. call the – McCarthy's going to call the plays for Dallas in 2023. I'm definitely more interested in Kellen Moore on the Chargers and if he can open up that offense and see how they can go. There's so much talent. There's so much talent on, on you know, the offensive side of the ball. And to see Kellen Moore, who – you know, I mean, he led the the Cowboys to a top five offense multiple times in, under his tenure. I think that this is going to be a magical move for the Chargers. So just all three of those moves really well done, really well placed. And now obviously we got to see how they, you know, maneuver things. But, you know, th- there's a lot to look forward to for uh, for mm-hmm. all three of those teams. Absolutely. Um and then, you know, the biggest news, even bigger than probably the Super Bowl, honestly, is Tom Brady's retirement. I mean, this is his, uh, now his yes. second official retirement. You know. Yeah, he has retired for, and this is, quote, by his, his own mouth, for good. And I got to say, thank God. <laughs> I, I'm so tired. Of, first of all, he had nowhere to go. There was no no team that was going to be able to take him. He wasn't taking a pay cut. So he, there, there was no way that they could make it work. Plus, it's just he's been around so long. And, look, whether you love him or hate him, it's time. The dude is 46, and 
you know, or 45, going to be 46 if he was to play next season. He should have retired last season, but the only reason he didn't, and no one can convince me otherwise, is because the media leaked it first, and he wasn't able to give him, you know, he wasn't able to jack himself off before the, the media, you know, everything. <laughs> he wanted to do it himself, is what I'm saying, and, and he was pissed oh, yeah. off when the media broke it first. That's why he came back. Other, there's no other reason, especially since that team sucked dick in his final season. So, you know, I uh, hope you enjoy retirement, Tom. It cost your marriage and your kids to get it. So uh, have fun, you stupid bastard. Yeah, that's I know. That, yeah, that's biased as hell. But, uh, oh, well, we'll, get, we'll, we'll dive into. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll dive into why why Tom Brady is a poison on the league, you know, in future up in a future episode. But um, let's, you know, as you mentioned, the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Chiefs and the Eagles be going to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. That is going to be a fantastic game, especially if Patrick Mahomes can uh, be fully healthy and ready ready to go. I would love to see uh, him to play healthy because that would just be a, a crazy game. You know, I still think the Eagles have the edge with their defense is playing as well as it has, especially in, in their offense, you know, matching that. Um, but the Chiefs are the number one offense in the league, and uh, and so there's a reason they're there. So it's it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, there's definitely going to be fireworks. I'm very excited. I think I'm honestly more excited for this Super Bowl than I have been in probably the last five years or so. I agree. I don't know. I think it's just teams that have come in with, I mean, fanfare, but not yeah. a lot of you know, not a lot of bragging, not a lot, you know, not a lot of the extra stuff. There's two teams that are really good and they're going to come out and try to show big yeah. stars, great defenses. Uh, I, I'm super excited. Yeah. And, and the fact that we haven't heard a lot of the bragging is, is interesting considering uh, one of the teams is Philadelphia and their fans are uh, <laughs> quite wild. So, uh, you know, good for Philly for keeping it in their pants for a little while longer. Um, <laughs> oh, man, this one, I, I'm, I'm teeing this one off because, God Absolutely. damn, it, it's just so it's such an unfortunate situation for a team that was on the rise. The Vancouver Canucks trades, uh, you know, traded their captain, Bo Horvat, to the uh, New York Islanders for a first-round pick, which is top 12 protected, so making it basically useless. Anthony, uh, They traded the, the first-round pick, Anthony Bavillier and Aturetti, and the Canucks are retaining 25% of Horvat's salary. The reason why I call it un an unfortunate situation is because Bo Horvat is 27. They just signed JT Miller. They went out of their way to sign this guy to a top contract, and the guy's going to be 30. So why are you not you, – you, you, this guy's your captain. Bo Horvat's your captain, and he's having his best season by far right now. He's going to end up with close to 100 points. You, they should have been trying to keep this guy. Now, if he go, if it was a situation where they were, he was going to walk no matter what, then okay, I guess. But – I feel like this could have been worked out. I feel like, you know, especially, you know, to trade for a first rounder and first rounders in the NHL are kind of hit and miss. If you're not in the lottery, you're not really, you know, getting that kind of talent. Not to say that there isn't talent available. We've I think the NHL is really good with parity, you know, across picks and, or, and across players. But they, you know, you want to have a guarantee in that situation where you're giving up your what essentially amounts to your best player this year. So. You know, whatever, I guess, uh, you know, what do I know? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's very interesting to trade your captain and kind of for, I mean, just it seems like almost a straight across trade at this point for, mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, not getting a pick and then retaining 25% of the guy's salary. 
yeah, it seems it seems like a desperate move on their part, but you know we'll see if it works out for them. Yeah, um, and then I guess our first big NIL kind of blow up that we've mm, seen so the far. Dominoes that have yeah, are starting very to fall. interesting. Yeah, um, number thirty-one recruit and a top six, I think QB in the ESPN yep. three hundred. Jaden Rashada has picked ASU as his school of choice now after his $13.5 million deal with the Florida Gators falls through due, due to the collective at Florida not being able to um, collect the funds to be able to pay him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So Florida goes and promises. Uh, and by the way, this isn't the Florida Gators promising, but a group that uh, so, like that clearly wanted him to play for the Gators yes. promised this kid thirteen and a half million dollars in an nil deal now mind you he is a top six quarterback he is not top three he's a the number 31 prospect the the top three prospects in this class are all quarterbacks and he's number mm-hmm. 31 so there's 30 other players ahead of this kid that are you know essentially when i saw the 13 and a half million i'm going oh so he's you know oh he must be number one in like 2024 no 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 he is this class and I have no idea why this group thought that they could, you know, shell out that kind of money, especially when he ends up, he's going to end up taking, you know, uh, what basically amounts to pennies over at ASU. I can't imagine any group at ASU is going to pay him close to $13.5 million. You know, we'll see. But I never, I never understood the deal to begin with, and the fact that it fell through does not surprise me. But it is the first big domino to drop you know, to, to fall with the, uh, you know, this whole NIL and the collectives and the, you know, all the, 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 the shadow organizations, it seems like, <laughs> that are working behind the scenes, the alumni associations, if you will, that are, you know, putting together these, these money, the, all, all of this money. It, it just seems like this isn't going to be the end. I feel like there's going to be there's going to be a lot of situations where they're going to try to put together this money only to realize that uh, maybe a lot of the alumni don't really want to pay, you know, uh, close to $14 million for, for one player, especially and, if that and, becomes a trend. And mind you, this, this he, Rashada hasn't taken a snap yet in college. Nope. So they, this is a $13 million deal to a guy that they have not seen play. Um, Man, I would love that kind of money for, for absolutely no uh, – it, 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 it's like uh, – I just go in the interview and you're going to offer me 13 and a half million. Sweet. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's then, a sweet proposition. This isn't on him, by the way. I'm just, I'm just no. laughing at the, the, at that or that collective that really thought that they were going to be able to do that, especially for a, a team like Florida who they have, they have the ability to get those kind of players. They're a big school. So they, they have, you know, some clout. This isn't fuck, fucking North Dakota that was promising, you know, 12 million to go get a, an actual, you know, uh, prospect that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten. I think they could have right. landed him regardless of whether they, you know, offered the 13 and a half million, but when it falls through, you can't just you know, go anyway. Cause then you're, you know, you undercut yourself. Right. Yeah. Interesting situation. Um, definitely won't be the last time we hear about this, but Not at all. obviously because of the sizable amount of money he was given, you know? Yep. No, I feel you. And, uh, now we're going to turn our uh, our attention to the NBA. That is the main topic of the day. But first, man, it's Fireworks what are, what are these <laughs> players doing fighting? 
I know. Yeah. Oh, God. Both of them have not seemed to make any sense, right? I mean, obviously, I'm sure everybody, everybody listening so far has seen by now the Dylan Brooks and Donovan Mitchell altercation in which, you know, they've been going back and forth all game. They get into a little bit of a tussle. Don, I mean, Dylan Brooks goes down and decides to strike Donovan Mitchell in the groin, and which it was completely blatant. I mean, if you go and look, I won't even argue with you. It is blatant. And um, the it NBA is. hands out their punishments. Dylan Brooks gets suspended one game, and Donovan Mitchell gets suspended $20,000 for this. I mean, Nothing. that's bullshit. bullshit. Nothing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. Look, they, like you said, anyone who views the footage or watches what happened – Dylan Brooks clearly backhanded Donovan Mitchell in the balls. That's exactly yeah. what happened. And Donovan Mitchell is not only not only is he entitled to retaliate, he I think he should be encouraged because at this point what the NBA is trying to do is play the the middle school principal's office that says anyone involved is getting, you know, we're going to dole out punishment even though the punishment is practically nothing. It, we're just going to say that it's everybody ejected from the game, suspended for one game, which is bullshit, and, and just call it a day. But that's not going to solve your problem. Your problem is, is these guys are, are – the, the level of trash talk is increasing. These players are, are going after each other. And if you listen to the Donovan Mitchell, his, his interview after, this isn't the first time. Him and Dylan Brooks have gone at it multiple times on the court. And you know it's like you, the, the NBA doesn't have a good – way of you know dis discouraging this stuff especially when dylan brooks ignites this fight and is only suspended one game it should have been 10 games at the very least you've you want it because that's it's up to the nba you got to ask them you got to ask adam silver and go what are you really trying to do here are you trying to discourage fighting are you trying to you know really set the tone for this is what happens when you fight you know, because if, if if so, then you're not you're doing a terrible job. Yeah, the, agreed. There is no incentive. In fact, you should go. It, what all Adam Silver and the the entire NBA, you know, uh, leadership has demonstrated with these suspensions and fines is that, you know, if anything, it's profitable for your team. It's beneficial for your team to just go out and yeah, go go out and take out the the star player on the other team. Screw it. All you get is an ejection. And, and, oh, maybe a one-game suspension, maybe two, whatever. We'll pay your fine. Screw it. And that's just mm. ridiculous. Especially with mm. – and then the other fight that happened last night with Mo Bamba and Austin Rivers, I, that one's a little more vague. They, yeah. they were trash-talking. They were on the sidelines and stuff. And then right. that one's a little bit more uh, – that one should be inexcusable because Mo Bamba basically – he's the one that got up. No matter what was said, look, trash-talk is trash-talk. That's right. I, I really don't care at that point what you know anything that lines that because everyone wants to say well what line do you have to cross in order to for it to be okay to fight I'm I'm gonna say none simply because you're you're professional athletes getting paid millions of dollars I don't really care about your personal squabbles but the second that someone throws a punch. I I don't think that the re the people if you retaliate if you get hit and don't retaliate that is going to have negative uh, like consequences for you in the in your future games right because they're going to know that they can mess with you and you're not going to retaliate so I don't think retaliation should be punished I don't know why Donovan Mitchell was even fined I, I, yeah. in his situation I don't get it he was hit 
he was he was struck. It, right. At that point, they right. should like they should have held uh, Dylan Brooks down and let you know and and let Donovan Mitchell hit him at that point because it's like there's no th- there's no logical sense into saying that oh they're both at fault. No, <laughs> you can't prove that. The only thing you right. can prove is that Dylan Brooks went out of his way to strike Donovan Mitchell. There's a difference between punching a guy in the face and hitting a guy in the balls. I mean, exactly. let's let's just be real. I, as, he you know, as, him. Yeah, I mean that's that's a cheap shot. It's it's you know it's bush league bullshit. Yeah, and it's bullshit. And you know what? We won't spend too much. We're, no. we'll, we won't spend any more time on it. But it's 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 bullshit. And the league does not currently have a good system in in fixing it or even discouraging it. But mm-hmm. the last one uh, was oh man, <laughs> good old Kyrie, huh? Right on this- schedule it seems. He really can't. He 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 literally cannot just leave well enough alone. No. He, Kyrie Irving has demanded yet another trade from the Brooklyn Nets uh, before the trade deadline, which is in five days from the time of this filming, uh, on February 9th. So practically no room to make these the, these deals, especially for a contract as or a player as big as he is. So there are teams that are oh maybe the Lakers, maybe the Mavs, maybe whoever, but. The the point is that it's ridiculous, and you know, regardless of the reason why he wants to leave, it's just it. This is classic Kyrie. He he. Uh, we've said, you know, in just our personal conversations, Connor and yeah. I have looked at it and said he's so talented, but he just does not care about the sport of basketball, no. and only cares about his personal situation. And that's just not how you should re how you should act as a professional athlete that makes the level of money that he does. I understand Correct. if you're, you know, I understand when you're trying to provide for yourself, but when you're making millions, your personal squabbles don't really matter anymore. So it's th- that situation. I, I can't see being resolved. If I'm the Nets, I almost want to just keep him out of spite and let him walk like screw it. But I also want to get something for him. So I don't know how they're going to handle that situation. The Nets are kind of what was supposed to be a, uh, a veritable super team has now once again broken down with, you know, <laughs> Kevin Durant seasons. now is, yeah. yeah, it's just Kevin Durant and Simmons and Seth Curry. Like, they, they still have the pieces and they can maybe make it work, but Kyrie is uh, gone one way or another, whether it's before February 9th or after, uh, you know, after the June 31st or June 30th. So we'll see. But that brings us to wherever he goes, which, you know, right now, if it's the Lakers, for example, that's just another super team. And the NBA the M- has, a, has a touchy history with super teams because they've, they've always existed, but in the form they've existed, that's where, you know, people have to go. That's where the questions start. How, you know, it, 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 what is a super team? How is it defined? Is it, you know, is it simply the accumulation of players? Or is it, you know, is it something deeper? And I think what we want to do in this particular episode is we want to define what a super team is, go over a little bit of the history, and why is this even important to talk about as it relates to professional basketball? Because, yeah, it it really depends on who you ask in in basketball fans. If you, some people will, will stand by it and go, you know what, I love it. I love watching the I love watching the Cavaliers and the Warriors go at it for four years straight in the finals, or that you know it's like, or you ask people like like us and we're going, we'd rather see more parity. It 
there's no right or wrong. This is a moral question. This is a, a, a pure philosophical situation. But I, personally, this podcast finds it to be a growing problem in the uh, in the state of the league. And I think that and we think that there's probably going to be some consequences if things remain unchecked. So let's dive into this with what is a super team as it relates to the NBA. Now, now, personally, I think, you know, that it's it's where you have a team and they let's say they draft a superstar or they already have good players. Doesn't matter. For me, it's the acquiring of stars to where you have at least three. You have three stars on a team, and at least one of them was acquired. That's mm-hmm. that's what a super team is to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. It's pretty cut and dry. I, it's definitely the acquisition of stars. That's pretty yeah. much it. And it's because, like, look, there's for 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 you know the NBA. There's a starting five, and then you've got the bench. Now, the starting five, when you're acquiring stars, that's where we're realistically where we're looking is the starting five. And there has, there's been a history of it because a lot of people, if, you, if you're more of a recent fan, will say, oh, well, that, you know, the super teams really started in the 2000s and 2010s. But it actually goes back pretty far in basketball history. You know, so the – so we've got that's the basic framework it's it really doesn't go further than that our definition of a super team really is you have three superstars and uh, three or more superstars Mm -hmm. or or not even superstars just stars i would call it because and what's the difference a star between a superstar uh, i think that's a contract uh situation but you know, I think that what the money would define, I think, what you know, the super max yeah. deal versus the max cap, whatever. Mm-hmm. But basically, you have three stars or three or more stars, and one of at least one of them wasn't on the team originally. It was acquired. Look, if mm-hmm. you drafted, if you have a loaded team and every single one of them was a draft pick, that's not a super team. It's just not. Because no. – that's that's not a you're not willing yourself. You, none of those players were guaranteed locks, right? All of those players were draft picks, you know, in in that situation. So right away, in my mind, that eliminates the Celtics of the Bill Russell era. Yeah, I and and look, you can get creative and and try to yell and say, "Oh, Bill Sharman," okay. We're talking about the 56 to 69 Celtics, and, and, and Charmin was, was brought along to the Celtics after 30 games in Washington, and he, it was in 51. So it's not like the guy right. was a – he wasn't even a bona fide star so mm-hmm. until much, much, much later when the, the Celtics were already dominating. The Celtics so – every other player was a draft pick. The, so the yeah. Bill Russell – First of all, the state of the NBA in you know from 1956 to 1969, it wasn't exactly like there was just this massive parity in the league anyway, right? You know, plus there there weren't the number of teams there are now. So the Celtics were going to dominate. Like it was, it wasn't going to be the Celtics. It was going to be somebody. But the Celtics had the market, and they drafted really smart. So all of their most of their legends. In, from that era, uh, actually, pretty much all of their legends from that era were draft picks, so mm-hmm. that that's out. So that's not 
going to be, you know, uh, going to be looked at as a super team. In my mind, the first instance of a true super team was the 1968 to 72 Lakers. They brought on Wilt Chamberlain. They went out and got him. They already had Jerry West and Elgin Baylor. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. Especially <laughs> when mean, Wilt yeah. Chamberlain was I mean, he's still he still holds records where it's like it's in just insane scoring. This this was like your basically most valuable player in the league, and they went out and got him. Yeah. That's I mean, the definition, you know, of a super team. Wilt's an all time great, right? So putting an all time great with on two an more all time greats. Yeah. With the logo, right? Like <laughs> yeah, with the How is that lo- <clears throat> Exactly. How do you not consider that a super team? I mean, right? Wilt Wilt was unstoppable. Like there's stories about he was like, Oh yeah. Well, let me just see if I can get my assist numbers up, and like he would just do it for he would he basically just did it for fun because he was that much better than just that much more dominant than everybody else. I mean, we're we're talking about a guy. If you really look, not to go too into this, but his rookie season right. he averaged almost forty points a game, mm-hmm. thirty-seven over thirty to seven and a half points and twenty-seven rebounds. Really, <laughs> like that he does that. Then he averages fifty. Over 50 points a game in his third season. Season after that, he, he basically averages 45 points, all while averaging 25 or more rebounds. The guy was a, a superhuman. Yeah. Then, from that, yeah, he, he bounced around a little bit, but then he goes to the Lakers, and he was still dominant. Yeah, he, w- he had fallen off a little bit because it was in his 30s, but he was still averaging 20, over 20 and a half points a game and 21 rebounds. Then, right. Yeah, it, it's like, and he did that. So one, two, three, four seasons, he was averaging over eighteen at least rebounds, and was hitting somewhere around twenty points a game. That's that's still a superstar. Yeah, he he really was, and they brought him on to a Lakers team that again already had Jerry West and Elgin Baylor, two bona fide superstars in their own yes. right. So mm-hmm. in my mind, that's your first example of a real super team in the NBA. Where they, where they, a team went out and acquired a player, yeah. And then you've got, and from the examples there, we're going to kind of run down uh, some of the examples, whether they were successful or not. From there, you've got the seventy-six to seventy-eight, uh, the 76ers with, I mean, that was loaded: Julius Irving, George McGinnis, Doug Collins, and World Be Free. I mean, massive stars. It didn't work out for them in the in the finals or the playoffs, nope. but. That was still a, a big example. You've got a, just the most glaring example of all time. In, or well, maybe not of all time, but we can debate that. But pretty dang close. Pretty damn close is the 1979 to 89 Lakers. You signed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the highest scoring, still as of this recording, the highest scoring player in NBA history mm-hmm. until LeBron breaks that record in a couple of days. But still, you go out and get Kareem. To a team that already had James Worthy, Magic Johnson, and Byron Scott, mm-hmm. guys that were just pumpers, they were just scoring points left and right, and you added yep. Kareem to that. That is a super yeah. team, and they had right. it for a decade. The Showtime <laughs> Lakers were a super team. Yeah. So it's just, especially when you consider that. And I, look, I know Magic was drafted, James Worthy was drafted. You know, and, and, and Byron Scott. But here's the, James Worthy, first of all, like, l- I will say this. The Lakers fleeced a, a still a new, 
a new team in the Cavaliers under 10 years of their existence. They fleeced them, gave them Don Ford for what ended up being the number one overall pick in James Worthy. Okay, like, come on. But that's neither here nor there. Point is, is that they signed Kareem. Then you've got the 83 to 88 Celtics. While they did have Larry Bird and Kevin McHale, they went out and traded for Robert Parrish and Dennis Johnson. So that's a super team right there. Yeah. You've got the 82 to 86 uh, 76ers, you know, the 76ers again. In you know, you've got Irving, Moses Malone, Maurice Cheeks, Bobby Jones, Andrew Tony, Charles Barkley. That was a bona fide super team of super teams back then. Yeah. And that and of course that didn't work out for them, but doesn't matter. Still it's still a super team. Next and so here's the thing. One that is kind of up for debate as well would be the uh the Bulls, when they added, um, uh, oh, my God, the name escapes me. Dennis Rodman? Dennis right? Rodman. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when the, when the Bulls added Dennis Rodman, because Dennis Rodman was a bona fide defensive stalwart. Right. He, he was a star. So they added him. You could – I would accept the argument that that – or at least I would accept – I wouldn't accept the, the premise of it, but I would, I would allow the debate – that maybe that was a super team when they added Rodman to a team yeah. that already had, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, Jordan Pippen, and yeah. Pippen. And, you know, it's like, okay, I'll listen to the arguments, but eh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But I'll get, let's assume it is. Okay, fine. So you've got one example in the 90s, kind of a little bit. But then there's a little bit of a gap. And until you see the 2003-2004 Lakers when they <laughs> – when they tried to add, because they already had Kobe and Shaq. And, look, that's two players, that's whatever. I know they acquired Shaq, but that's fine. You got, it's the two stars. They drafted, they essentially drafted Kobe. And then you, they went out and got Carl Malone and Gary Payton, who were basically ending their careers, but they were still bona fide stars that they tried to make into a quasi-super team. Didn't work out at all. No. Then the Lakers tried again in uh, 2012 and 2013. With uh, Kobe Powell, uh, Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, that that whole mishmash that never ended up working. While at the same time, exactly. And then while at the same time you had the Celtics, uh, the 2008 to 2012 Celtics, that they already had Paul Pierce, but they went out and got Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. Huge pieces. Yeah, I think that's probably the most memorable in a lot of people's minds now, just because... Uh, there was there was a lot of fanfare behind it, obviously. I mean, well, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of respect for a guy like Paul Pierce at the time. Obviously, Kevin, people, I love Kevin Garnett. He's one of my favorite players Same. of all time. You know, Ray Allen's arguably one of the best three-point shooters of all time. So yep. that's probably the most memorable, at least in the start of the last 20, well, 15, 20 years. That like one is me. where, yeah, when we talk about super teams, a lot of people want to uh, – bring it to LeBron and uh and his teams but that in the in, that's where it comes back people will usually if they're knowledgeable about basketball they'll usually bring it back to the 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 late 2010s early or sorry late 2000s early 2010s Celtics they will point to them and go no they were really the first ones even though we just went through like six seven examples of right you know ones prior they'll still usually bring it back to the Celtics because they won that championship yeah, and they were playing they were against the Lakers successful. a couple times. Mm-hmm. They were yeah, very they were very successful. successful. Yeah. But and then, then LeBron had to play against them. So <laughs> yes, I feel like that's exactly. where you started getting this idea. Go ahead. 
Exactly. Yep, exactly. Because then you start looking into, and by the way, I did miss one uh, in the 96 uh, and 97 Rockets uh, when Barkley was traded to the Rockets. It was Barkley, uh, Olajuwon, and then Clyde Drexler. That was your failed super team there. But I just want to mention that because that was a 90s team that, uh, you know, they were a super team for one season. But, you know, it is what it is. But now, after the Celtics and the Lakers attempt, you know, in 2013, you've got LeBron. (laughs) LeBron really kicked off what I think dominated the 2010s. You know, his entire decade from 2010 to 2018, basically eight of the ten years, were spent on a super team. He first the three kings, you know, the decision. He went out oh, and God. yeah, the the worst uh, PR decision of all time. That know, was basketball. fanfare. Jesus, yeah. remember them getting introduced it. and oh, after there was just so much, just like blase and just all this. It was this garbage. Just, it was garbage. It was, it was garbage. And you watched, you know, you, he picked the Heat because he had Dwayne Wade. He got Chris Bosh to come with him. The Heat. That was your shining example. Of like, okay, this is a team that was literally Frankenstein together with with superstar pieces, and you know, because Lebr- LeBron left the Cavaliers to the go to the Heat for that reason. They formed a legitimate bona fide super team that ended up winning multiple championships. Mm-hmm. Then, when it when shit started to kind of go south and things were starting to wind down, he goes back to the Cavaliers, who already had Kyrie Irving. You know, they drafted Kyrie, uh, you know, and, and then they got LeBron back and they got Kevin Love. So Kevin Love, who was a bona fide superstar at the time as well. Oh, man. Yeah. He had the he had that what he had a 40 40 game in yeah 40 30 game in uh, Minnesota when he was drafted. He was. Yeah, dude, it was it was insane. And then he, yeah. they, they all ended up on the Cavaliers. And that's where you get. You know that those classic Cavaliers Warriors finals, you know, cr- going crazy. It, but you know, another example. So just basically eight straight years of LeBron being on a super team in the mm-hmm. in the 2010s, and that coincided with 2016 to 2019. You had the Warriors super team Ugh. because you had Ugh. the Warriors did just a, had a magical run and won themselves a championship with drafted players and or and missed you know put they put together a really good team they with, did you know steph curry clay thompson draymond green leading the show for them that Picking was fantastic like they, mm-hmm. yes and Iguodala, they won the championship that was a that was amazing and then kevin durant joined them the uh, season later the team that took move. him to, took him to the cleaners he went and joined the biggest i hope you hear this kevin the biggest pussy move i've ever seen in my entire life like you literally got smacked and instead of going i want to compete i'm i'm kevin durant arguably the second best player in the league behind lebron at the time Mm -hmm. you know that who could compete on that even level you go i'm just gonna go and join the team that beat me even though you had a loaded team on uh, on the thunder you know and that was all draft picks too so it, it felt wrong then Whatever. That's why we got four straight years of, of absolute oh, bullshit. God, the fucking what? dark ages of the NBA. God, oh, well, I couldn't watch wanna, that shit. Yeah, unless you're a San Francisco or Cleveland fan, it, it, it was 
just grueling to watch every year because you like they exactly were, they were great games don't get me wrong the series were very course, good but like imagine starting the season going well it's gonna be the fucking warriors and the cavaliers anyway who gives a shit if i watch the fucking season anyway? exactly My team's not gonna make it like exactly it's painful it's like look could any could any team have won absolutely but it's like walking up to the poker table and everyone's got the same amount of chips except these two dipshits in the corner that are sitting there with loaded pots yeah, and it's like okay, they're going. These teams are going in absolutely screaming loaded. How are right. we supposed to take out the all of the be- the league's best players? You know, on on these two teams, I it, it's hard to do any way you slice it. So yeah, it just there was no parity until Kevin Durant left and LeBron went to the Lakers and whatever. But then you got you know the the Lakers of today when they went out and got. AD, that was fine because that was, hey, whatever. Two superstars on a team, okay. Because by our definition of a super team, you got to have three. Well, then they went out and got Westbrook. So that's just (laughs) another attempt. And I mean, it's been ugly, but it doesn't matter. They're legitimate superstars, folks. Correct. So they, and and now the Lakers are trying to add Kyrie, which, I mean, how the hell they're going to do that, I have no idea. If they end up doing it, we're going to have practically a whole episode on that. Oh God! Um, t- I'm gonna go. F- I'm going to go ballistic. That is the kind of shit that pisses me <laughs> off. There is no way you're telling me. Um, so I mean, for like, there's been a bunch of mock trades and stuff I've been looking at, folks. Um, right? Like any of you that have watched basketball, it's basically they're gonna unload Russell Westbrook's humongous contract with a yeah, first like round the Nets pick. Yeah, just gonna gladly accept it. Right, with a first-round draft pick in almost the 2030s. So, like, a draft pick you can't use for almost five years. And well, that's just been the sh- trend. Yeah, and then just some shitty fucking role player for Kyrie Irving. And somehow that the Nets are going, yeah, please, no, we'd love that. Like, Well, it's, it's, it's no literally, way. you see the meme going around, it's LeBron's face, and it, with a quote under it that says, fuck them picks. Yeah. yeah fuck them picks. You know what I mean? It's like, trade, the, which... which it's every Laker fan going trade the future picks. Who gives a who gives a rat's ass about draft picks? We want Kyrie, and that's where we land in in the state of today's you know league in the in the National Basketball Association. Is you're just leveraging future to quote win now, and yeah. it's like whether you win, you're not even guaranteed to win now. So is is it detrimental to basketball? I think it is. I think it's and, and by the way, the Nets falling apart doesn't excuse them from the fact that they tried to put together a super team last year when yeah. they brought on they already had KD, they already had Kyrie, then they tried to bring on Harden, which they did, and it just ended up spectacularly failing. It doesn't <laughs> They tried to make them. two different super teams in one season. <laughs> yeah, they really tried and it di- it didn't happen for them. So, you know, that's falling apart. And now you've got like maybe the 76ers are a super team. I mean, I it depends on how you view Tobias Harris, really. Right. Because Correct. Tobias Harris is like I, I I would call him a you know a lower end star, but he's certainly not a superstar. But I don't ne- necessarily think you have to have be like an absolute superstar to to qualify for this because it's Embiid, Harden joined. Yeah, they've got Maxi, which if you yeah. if you consider Maxi a superstar, then you know or at least around that level, rising star. A rising start. Well, then I think it would qualify because you just need three, and Harden, what you know, came from the outside. So maybe, maybe not. Point is, 
is that every every year, every offseason, right now the most exciting part of the NBA, if you ask everybody collectively across the planet, the most exciting part of the NBA is the offseason. Because mm-hmm. they, uh, all the, ooh, the trade drama, and ooh, the, the, ooh where, where are the teams going to go, who's going to spurn who, and who's going to you know, go and form a team together. And that's where we, we, we're, we're in this situation now where the, the parity of the league is being sacrificed. The future of teams are being leveraged to try to win now. And you end up with a situation where those teams, uh, you know, whether they win or not, they shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. And then the rest of the league suffers anyway because, you know, you can't have those crazy – like what's the most exciting part of football and baseball and hockey in the playoffs? What's the most exciting part is that it could be anyone. Yeah. It could be anyone. The NFL has a saying, any given Sunday. Right. Literally. It doesn't matter if you're a 9-8 and team going against a perfect 17-0 and or 18-0. and doesn't matter. They're right. literally going to there's – a, there's a chance and a pretty decent one at that that there's going to be an upset. That's what makes it so exciting. And the same goes for baseball. doesn't matter. You could Look, the Yankees, the Dodgers, doesn't matter how much money they spend. These teams will come in and, and beat the shit out of them, and everyone goes, well, what happened? It's the nature of the sport, baby. That's what makes it mm-hmm. exciting. Right. And it's same thing with hockey, too. But basketball, it just doesn't seem to have that spark in the playoffs anymore because when you see these super teams go in and they're loaded – yeah, there have been plenty of examples where they don't work out, but lately, in the, in the 21st century, they really have. They kind of they they have been working out. It's been beneficial. So, I mean, ask LeBron James. Right. So I mean, like LeBron, Steph. I mean, how many how Kevin, many Kevin how many championships do they have in the last ten years or so? Right. Yeah, LeBron. At least what's half LeBron of them. Four, right. LeBron's got four, and the Warriors got three. I mean, Steph's yeah. got three, so Katie's got two. So that's at least, you know, that, that's six to seven championships just off of super teams. Yeah. And that's in a decade. So you're looking at 60 to 70% of at least 60% because if you, I wouldn't, obviously don't want to count the, the, the uh, season that the Warriors won without Kevin Durant. Correct. So yeah. 60% over half. Of a decade's championships are due to a super team? Yeah. I mean, look, if the Mavs fucked up one time, you know, in one of those games, we'd be looking at it. It, it would be 70%. Shout out you know, to Dirk. Shout out greatest, to Dirk. One Thank- of the greatest finals performances. You cannot tell me otherwise. Basically will the team to beat a loaded super team by himself. Yep. And he and that's it's one of the greatest stories. Why is that one of the greatest finals, you know, ever? Because they took a team, a team that was not a super team, beat a super team. They yeah. just beat the shit out of them. Uh, you know, they willed them to, and didn't beat the shit out of them, but they willed them to win, like you said. And that's what makes it so great. If they, if LeBron had, if LeBron's loaded big three had beaten the Mavs, uh, it wouldn't even be noteworthy. Yeah, we'd, just be be, like, we'd, we'd have laughed at them. Yeah, it'd have been like, oh, yeah, that Mavs team, they shouldn't have even been in the finals. They sucked. Right? You know? So. It's it's noteworthy because that was a super team that they beat. So now, and, and I feel like every year we go through this, you know, again, where it's like, all right, where are these, these players going to go? What teams are going to go shell out money? 
because the NBA, even though they've got a technical cap on their salary, there's a salary cap, there is the luxury tax, which you can just go into that endlessly. And if you want to shell out, you want to pay the tax bill, then go right ahead and keep this team alive. And for these billionaire owners, that kind of seems like the way to go. You know, if you if you if all you're caring about is winning now. So I think the trend is that more teams are attempting to package these stars together to create the super teams. And it's not just teams. It's the players themselves. They're oh, talking. 100%. They go and they collude with each other to go, hey, let's go on this team. I mean, look at the, the, the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers are a super team right now, but they I in just the example of, you know, talking with each other. Kawhi and Paul George talked to each other to get on the Clippers. Yeah, and they had extensive conversations about trying to play Extensive conversations. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just situations where the players have a lot more control because of the Players sure. Association, which is good, right. but but you, you, you follow a trend. And the reason why we mention LeBron a lot is because he is the league's, you know, shining example of, you know, because some, pe- some people want to call him the best to ever play basketball, and there's a legitimate conversation for that, especially as he's about to capture the scoring title. Mm-hmm. And with all these championships, there's a legitimate conversation there. The point is he has a lot of pull. He has a lot of influence. He has these the guys, most pull of probably any professional I think we've ever seen in the history of sports, honestly. I've never yeah. seen somebody have as much influence on coaches, he gets the players he basically wants to get. I mean, he gets on the teams he wants. He gets the coaches yep. he wants. He gets the players he wants. And and I I agree with you. He is the most influential influ, influential if I could talk right now <laughs> influential player in the league since you know since about the in the latter you know years of the two thousands. He's been that guy, and his influence has only grown and grown stronger and stronger, and. Other players look to him for the moves, and if you see the number one guy, the the the, the guy people, the guy that people call the goat, they see their hero right. going and and loading up on these teams, and 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 just absolutely going. Look, I, I, for lack of better terms, I couldn't crack it myself, so I'm just going to make sure that my team can't possibly lose. Yeah. Then there, everyone else is going to follow. I mean, Kevin Durant could easily point the finger and go, LeBron did it. And everyone who's done it since can just go, well, I mean, you know, they'll defend themselves in in many ways. But the point is, is that if if you're seeing the guy who has all the lights on him go and do it, then you've got an easy out to go and do it yourself. Absolutely. His influence is just massive. And I know we've talked about the Lakers as well. Because the Lakers and the Celtics are are you know statistically the most egregious in terms of teams, but it really is lately it's the Lakers. The yeah. Lakers, uh, you know, since essentially two thousand or well two thousand ten, you know, have really tried to put they, they'll go they'll go out on the line since Jerry Buss died. They mm-hmm. you know that team has tried to put together every super team it possibly can, and look they don't even have draft first round draft picks until like 2027 and now they're talking about throwing those away right and to me that just this is a moral problem folks that's the pro that's the real issue is that technically nothing is wrong no technically yeah it's technically the spirit of competition still yeah it's just a moral thing if you if you love the sport of basketball chances are you're going to be outraged because i gotta tell you even if i was a lakers fan 
even if I was a, Le- a bona fide LeBron fan, I'd be sitting there going, really? I don't want a team to just have so many you know, players that were like so many stars that they just can't lose. I'd rather see the competition where he goes through and just wins it because right. that's, that's awesome. And everything else has just been like, I think it, it just goes to show that pl- that players and teams are willing to sacrifice integrity in order to just win hardware. Yeah. And to me, that that just that's not it, it, it's not good. I'm no basketball player, folks. I'm a fat ginger in Maryland. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I I've never been a professional athlete. And, uh, you know, and it never it will never have prospects of being one. But the point is, is that there's there's a level of integrity when you ha- when you are really good at something. You know, in my case, I'm a musician, so I, I always want to I pride myself in being the best version of myself. You know. I But I just I don't want to be I, I don't want I, I want to have that for myself. I want to I want to achieve something. For me, I want to make something of my own. And that's not to say that every player should stick with the team they got drafted on and no one should ever do any trades and they should never right. put together teams. That's not what I'm saying. No. I'm not saying super teams should absolutely 100% not exist ever. I'm simply saying that the trend as of now is, hey, the floodgates are open. Let I mean... All of our heroes do it. Ah, LeBron did it. Kevin Durant did it. Who gives a shit? Let's all load up. Let's talk with each other. Get on these teams for easy rings. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, what are, what is the conversation going to be on Sports Center? It's going to be they're all going to be bitching to each other about well, how many rings does he have? And that right. conversation has gotten so old and so and it's so you know annoying. To hear, you know, it's like if we're talking about rings, then Bill Russell's the greatest player to ever to, to ever play. Can we can that we stop? True. Can we just stop with it? Look, n- no one is no one is saying that you know. Oh, if you, you if you, you're not good, you have all these rings, then that doesn't mean you're good. Yeah, chances are you're pretty good. <laughs> but <laughs> if you got those because you just loaded up a team, like I don't really care about the championships the heat or the cavaliers or the warriors won in the last 10 years you know i don't really care about them because to me it's like yeah there was no way they were really gonna lose when they loaded themselves up and when it was the cavaliers versus the warriors it was gonna be one of them yep as long as they stayed healthy it was gonna be one of them Mm -hmm. so i just that's where i i find you know parody is better it's better for the league. It's better for just watching basketball. It's better for just the sport in general. When when there's more parity, you know, it, and super teams aren't as active or as dominant, you have the ability to actually build a team. Because now, look at the Lakers. The Lakers are screwed, and they have, right now, by our definition, they have a super team. Because mm-hmm. they have LeBron James, they have Anthony Davis, and they have Russell Westbrook. It doesn't matter Correct. that they don't work. They still have it. But yes. and now they're going to go try to get Kyrie, and whether they get him or not, they are screwed. They can't build anything for themselves, because all and look at all the players they gave away in order to get them. They could have had a legitimate oh, contender every year. Dude. They gave away Julius Randle. They gave away Lonzo Brandon Ball. They gave away Ingram. yes, Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Ingram. 
Yeah, and they uh, uh they they give away Kuzma. Kuzma. I mean, okay. Yeah. They basically gave away a starting five that are all mid mid level stars now. You know, low to mid level yeah. stars that are two of them are all stars, bona fide all stars. Yeah, and t- Ingram exactly. and Julius Randle. So. Yep, they're key pieces of their teams, and that's that just shows the you know, and that and right there. You get when you want to go, but the Lakers drafted them. They saw that. And, oh, and you know who else? Uh, D'Angelo Russell too. D'Angelo so, Russell, there you correct. Go. So a legitimate starting five that could have <laughs> propelled the Lakers into the playoffs for years was dismantled by LeBron James. It simply mm-hmm. was. LeBron yep. James had a losing season with a very very young Lakers team. 18, 19 year old kids, literally yep. kids. And, and then one season later, blew that team up. And you can say whatever you want. You can say you can. We we can all debate about it all day. But yeah, LeBron, he was James on a timeline. Blah blah blah. He knew that he was. You know, he didn't want to grow and be the old sage to a bunch of young kids. Which I mean, I I get to some level, but man, there's no, so much fucking I don't, talent. I'm not gonna let him off because here's the thing: you're when you're you're LeBron James. Arguably, you can you can make the argument that he's the greatest player of all time. You should have gone to that team of fucking youngsters and turned them into the team you wanted. You could have molded them, but he didn't. He want he wanted to go get already finished products so that he could go and win rings because that's yeah. the what been the bane of his existence since he's gotten in the league. He's want oh he doesn't have as many as Michael or he doesn't have as many as Kobe or he doesn't have as, you know it's like it's been the it's it eats him alive. I, it's literally has 100%. to. Yeah and. The thing is, is like it shouldn't. It shouldn't. He could win no rings, and he'd still be considered in my mind. He'd still be in this conversation, because yeah. if he was on this, uh, you know, if he, it's all about the circumstances that he was, you know, he set for himself with the whole decision in Miami, with going back to the Cavaliers and then going to the Lakers. All I saw were just self. It was just selfishness and just throwing integrity away so that he could win rings, win hardware, and every player in the league that sees that follows him Uh, yeah he is this era's jordan he is the kid that now the kids who were he's been in the league for what 20 20 years yeah yeah so i mean obviously there are kids who are 20 years old now in the league 18 and have literally watched lebron their whole lives he is this era's jordan to the current era of players we have so yeah and everyone looks up to him as they should He's an amazing player, and he's an amazing person, but his decisions around where the teams that he goes to have all been motivated in how can I win the easiest ring, and if and and, and there's really no debate, there's no argument that I can accept mm. that co- that goes against that because all of the facts point to him wanting the easiest path to a championship, and. I understand you want to put yourself in a favorable situation, but when you're sacrificing integrity and you're sacrificing parity in the league in order to do it, I think that you 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 have to take a hit to your integrity at that point. And I there's no way I can respect that kind of move. I, I as statistically relevant as he is, arguably the most statistically relevant player of all time. Mm-hmm. It's I can't even look at him as someone who you know, is a championship, just a, 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 you know, that kind of player who just wins championships, you know, night in, night out, because 
he's never won one that just he wasn't on a loaded team for. Right. You what know? was and, his and, and, his first finals against the Spurs? They got swept, and he didn't stand a chance. Right. Uh huh. Yep. That was kind of felt like his only one that that was like his first shining moment to show his like greatness. And obviously, yeah, that Spurs team was a dynasty. So it was a dynasty, and that but, was that was cool. I, but that was a homegrown one for the most part, right? I mean, Tim yeah, Duncan, was. David Robinson, Tony Parker, Manu, those guys were all drafted. So yeah, they were. And it. <laughs> that, that it really was the a good example of a dynasty that was built from the ground up, and and LeBron's just never done that, and he's never wanted to since no. he he since he was with the, his first stint with the the Cavaliers, and him losing in the finals and losing in the playoffs and and them trying to build around him, they they weren't able to in a way that he felt confident about, and so he left and he never looked back. I mean, this really, you go to the Lakers and the very next season after, you know, after a losing season, you go and blow that team up. Oh, yeah. Trade everybody to get, you know, get get Anthony Davis. It's mm-hmm. like you're you're against that sacrificing of integrity. And for me, you go, all right, how what, what do we what do we do about it? Because there's not an easy conversation with that. And I think I mean, in my mind. Yeah, you could make a rule. I guess you could. The NBA could come out and be like, you know, there's some kind of some kind of rule that it's almost kind of wacky to be like, no more. You can't have more than two superstars. That's just yeah. Then you have to define max deals. Yeah, yeah. you have to define what a superstar is, or you have to put limitations or or kind of of a threshold. Like, oh, you score more than twenty eight points a game. Does it make you a superstar? I don't know. So that I, I don't think a rule changes in, it would be good or really something to think about, but yeah. I think where you're really gonna see, it, it, if you want it to be organic, which I feel like I would in an ideal situation, I would like for the players and the teams to just stop doing this shit. Like, go out and get your players, and obviously you want to win, but stop just loading. Uh, you know, just overloading your teams, and you know, and, and, and I don't even know that even that one's hard because you're relying on the morality, uh, uh you know, of of these right. owners and G- right. GMs and the players themselves right. who all want easy rings. But I, in my mind, there's really only one solution, and that's get rid of the luxury tax. Interesting, interesting. Got to get. I mean, in, if you want to, you want to cut this shit out. Look at, uh, you know, I think eliminating the luxury tax would essentially put you in a situation where you're not able to afford these players because what, right, wrong, or indifferent, these guys aren't taking massive pay cuts to come over and join each other. Chances are they've already got big ass contracts, and then those teams that want to load up, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Nets, whoever, they'll just eat those contracts and because Correct. okay we've got this loaded team and, p- and they'll pay the luxury tax if you remove that and institute and kind of enforce a hard cap that's not possible look at the nhl the nhl is probably the most restrictive cap situation of any major sport um yeah. and if you look at for example the uh, the edmonton oilers the edmonton oilers are uh they, they have the two best players in the nhl in uh, Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl they are without a doubt without a doubt the two best players in the league and yet 
there's a question of whether they're even going to make the playoffs every single year, and that's because of that hard cap. Now, mind you, I think that's a little too restrictive in the NHL, yes. but it's just, it just shows the example of you're not able to just load up an NHL team and just have this, you know, this monstrosity, this Frankenstein dynasty. Right. Where, we can't have know, McDavid and Pasternak and, you know, yeah, you these guys go, all lined up on the line. Yeah. Yeah, you can't have – you can't put together an all-star team for the NHL. And if you if you grow one and have a legitimate, you know, you know veritable all-star team, you know, that you've homegrown, those guys are going to walk away eventually because you're not going to be able to pay them all. So my point is that if if you remove that luxury tax in the, in the NBA, you'll find a situation where teams are just not able to put together those, you know, teams. Maybe that's where you raise the 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 hard cap and then just eliminate the luxury tax. But if you're going to pay, you know, millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in luxury tax, not every team can afford that. No. Not every market can afford that. Not every owner no. can afford that. Mm -mm. And I'm not here to say, oh, the poor owners who can't afford it, I don't give a shit. You know, they're billionaires. <laughs> but the what it does is it, it just takes away the parity in, in the league So if you it, by, by stacking these teams. So really, realistically, the only way to do it is limit the luxury tax or eliminate it entirely. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think that's a great idea. I, I can't really argue with you because, I mean, look at the fun teams, these fun homegrown, these – internally built teams look at the grizzlies right yeah they've you know they've signed a they signed steven adams or traded i can't remember off the top of my head but Ooh, you know, no drafted. that's a great example the grizzlies the grizzlies yeah. have put together you know just an absolutely they, great they roster. toiled in shit for years yes they did it smart and they got guy they got their guys and it is now yep. paying off and um, you know another team Look at the the other top t the the top team in the West right now the the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets, correct. Another team that really just put together its main core pieces were all you know for the most part drafted in house. Right, and minus I think Aaron Gordon. But everybody Aaron Gordon, else. I think yeah, I was just yeah. gonna say Aaron Gordon, and uh, you know that's like, like your main guy. That, but but they're two main pieces, right? Jokic and Murray. But Aaron Gordon's not a superstar. No, he's not he's even a. a He's, he's your he's yeah. your classic mid-level player, right? That you know he he'll give you the the sixteen points you know fifteen between fourteen and sixteen points a game, and you know that it's not going to wow anybody in this league. But you know then you've got Jamal Murray putting up twenty, you got Nikola Jokic putting up twenty five, and the, those are yeah, your your MVP. your heavy hitters. Yeah, yeah. And then you got obviously got the Grizzlies, who just I mean have really put together a stellar team that it, it's hand it's homegrown it's hand-picked homegrown and that's mm -hmm. amazing to see and that's what i want out of you know out of these teams even look if you even if you look at the celtics right now the celtics right. that who are their main two guys right uh tatum and and, and jalen brown jalen so jason brown. tatum and jalen brown are both homegrown talents now obviously brogdon is not but he's coming off the bench and, you know, Malcolm Brogdon is, you know, again, we can have the debate. If you want to say they're absolutely a super team, I think there's, there's I, I would argue with you there, but you could make the argument. But for the, their homegrown, most of their stuff is homegrown. I mean, even, what is it, Marcus Smart, too? Marcus I think Smart. Is, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, Robert, Marcus Smart was drafted. Robert Williams and Grant Williams, too. 
Yeah. Two um, essential players off their bench, both drafted. I mean, yeah, they've signed Al Horford. They did sign Al Horford, but, I mean, yeah. he's a 36-year-old center who they're really just – he's not a superstar. No. He's not a, he he's wasn't not a superstar star when they signed him, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say when they signed him. Yeah, he was. He was. He, even then, he was still a mid-level guy. He's he's a glue guy. Yeah. So agreed. Your your stars are your, your Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and then yeah, you got Brogdon off the bench. But the point is, is that they built that. Where the look at the, the Celtics and the Lakers couldn't be more different right now. No, hundred percent they couldn't be. <laughs> and, and you can see it in how the I mean the the Lakers are trying to even fight for a play-in spot to get in the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Celtics are, you know, basically the best team in the league still. So it there's there's many ways there's there's not many ways that you can go to fix this problem. You know, if you if you don't want to do any kind of rules change or you know, luxury tax change or, or in hard caps and whatnot, you know, salary caps, you really just have to rely on the players and the teams, which it's unreliable. You can't mm, do yeah. that. Because you're basically telling them to, like, stop competing to the best that they can. Because they know for every one team that goes, okay, I'll do that, you get another team that goes, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to – the fact that they're going to, you know, not agree to that, fuck them, I want to win. So that's where I think it has to be some kind of, of you know, a limitation, a regulation, if you will, to, you know, get everything in line because – Ba- basketball could be just this amazing uh, year in and year out. It could be who who's coming, who's who's it going to be this year. It right. really could be that style, just like the NFL, just like the, uh, the MLB, but it's not. Right. It's it's your classic. All right, who loaded up in the off season? Up, oh, mm-hmm. it was the Lakers again, or up, oh, it was the you know the Nets again. It's like okay, I don't really care. To watch right. the sport, right? You What's know, the point of watching the regular have, season. Yeah, in the playoff reason, the playoffs have suffered too. I think. Uh, let's see, NBA Finals ratings. You know, I I know that we were looking at, you know, the, the ratings that they've steadily, they haven't grown at the rate that uh, the NFL has in the Super Bowl, or in mm-hmm. the play in the NBA, the NFL playoffs. They haven't grown at that rate at all because. You're, I mean, look at 2020, the the Lakers and the Heat. Oh, <laughs> I mean, eight eight point two million. Yeah, that one was the bubble, though. That one. I know yeah. it was the bubble, but that would mean everyone's gotta, home. Yeah, that's that's true too. I don't know. Yep. That was just a weird year. I kind of maybe. All right. I don't know. I feel. But weird even about if you that. don't look at those, even if you don't look, I mean, now. There were some high ratings for, you know, the games uh, in the super teams, so I can see why the NBA wants to push. It's like watching the title fight, right? Again, yes. It's seeing the best players in the league going against each other for seven games. Yeah. Right? You know, there's there's a, a bunch of, you know, there's extra storylines, shit like that. You uh-huh. know? But that's that's not fun. That's not fun for me. And obviously you and I, as we've spoken on a lot of things in sports – aren't everyone in sports we we've grown up seeing a lot of great periods in sports so to see things kind of change and become just well it's like watered down you know it was a great finals uh the bucks and the suns 
and it had the ratings to go to back it up. It had over twelve and a half million viewers on average, you know, through throughout the uh, you know the games. That was that was a good series. And mind you, there were some injuries, concerns, and things like that that kind of made it kept it from being even more exciting. Point is, is that neither of those teams were a super team, and it was refreshing. Yes, it, and thank you for opening that wound again. I'm, I've, I'm <laughs> great that I have to reconcile <laughs> with that loss. That that one. Oh, that one hurt, I, and it's you hurts. know, yeah. Well, it hurt for me too because <laughs> the, that was the the, the Clippers. You know, could it were try we were trying to win, and then Kawhi. That's when Kawhi got injured. So, oh, you know, it's a wo- a wound of my own too. But the point is, is that it's not an easy situation. Th- this whole situation with super teams, uh, people want to act like it's really r- really easy. The only part of it th- about it that's easy to me, that that it's easy to see, is that. They're detrimental to the league. Yes, agreed. I don't care whether it's one super team, whether it's three, whether it's like, look, I, if I wanted to, if I wanted to see an, an, a, a, the All Star game in the finals every year, I would just eliminate half the league and just distribute all the players and have <laughs> instead of you know just 30 do the Harlem Globetrotters versus whatever yes. the hell the fucking the team that always loses is called. I don't even fucking know what they're called. Well, exactly. <laughs> I would cut the teams down instead of having thirty teams. I'd have fifteen and just distribute the players and load up every team and just have them go at it. But right, no, I but 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 fuck that, fuck that. Right. I'd rather right. see parity. I'd rather see the you know just every team going out and everyone's got a chance. I'm not saying that I don't want there to be any losers. That's not what I'm saying. No, I, not like at all. you know the Pistons are going to suck. Death taxes and the Pistons suck. But the <laughs> that's I mean that's not even true. But still. <laughs> hey, Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, and Jalen yeah. Duran. That and is they're going to be up. an exciting trio. Yes. They are building up. I was just I just wanted to you know any, anything <laughs> I, like I can it, do though. to give Yeah, anything I can <laughs> I like do to it. give Detroit a jab for any of their teams. <laughs> They've had you know, enough I'll jabs over the years. Leave them alone. Exactly. Well, hey, you know what? Fuck the Red Wings. They they don't get enough jobs. <laughs> they, True. So, so it's uh, you know, anything I can do to just remind Detroit. But anyway, the getting more parity in the league. There are so many exciting teams to watch. Like when you look at the Bucks, you look at the Celtics, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Kings. You know, yeah, and, and dude, it's the Kings so are fucking cool. fun to watch. Yeah, and, and, and it's just so awesome to see that. And in, instead, we focus on, you know, it's like you turn on ESPN or Bleacher Report or whatever. All all you see is, all right, let's talk about, you know, I and, and I don't mean LeBron this season because they're obviously tracking the scoring title, and that's amazing. But yes. even if it, even if that wasn't even the, the story of the season, we'd still be talking about the Lakers. And I think mm-hmm. Charles Barkley recently said, you know that he was like, "Why are we talking about the Lakers? Are we talking about any other thirteen seed team? Right. You know, are we talking about the uh, the you know the Toronto Raptors right now? Yeah, like, no, you know. But we always talk about the Lakers. Why? Because they always try to put together this magnificent super team. At least in the last ten years, they've done so. And you know, whether these, it works out or not is another point. These fights to make the most talented squad, these basically two K squads, if you will." has yeah. watered down the overall quality of the league. And that's and that again you and I both rant, we enjoy it. This is what we've done for throughout basically our whole friendship and that's why we make yeah. this podcast, but overall, yeah, it's not fun to see 
you know, the top end teams, you get, you know, four or five really good ones, the middle teams that don't matter. And then you get the shitting, the really shitty teams like the Spurs who are giving up 122 points per game, you know, yeah. like what's the fun in that? It's, I, it's, it's not, not fun to watch no four fun. good teams. It's not, you know, it's like going yeah. to, it's like going to a, a restaurant and they have four sodas and it's like, well, yeah, these are all really good, I guess, but I'd like to have well, more options because I get tired of fucking drinking the same goddamn soda. Well, yeah, and going with that analogy, you know, it's you can have success, you know, with with with, with things that's like you want more choices. You want to have, you know, you know the 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 ability to to see teams, but it, it just you you wind up and I and I know it's it's on every team to put together their own. Uh, you know, success and really try to build. And, and that's where, you know, you have organizations in certain markets that can do that more easily than others. But the, in the NBA, we've seen so much success out of the smaller markets anyway. You know, you like, hey, the, the Sacramento Kings are up there, the Bucks, like we were talking about. Th- these are teams that don't have massive markets. And right. they can put things together. And, you ha- and that's what we normally see is we see those kind of teams – who don't have the financial leverage, they'll have to put together these really exciting teams, and it's cool to watch. But for every one of those, you get the you get the Lakers trying to build a super team. You get the Nets trying to build a super team, or in the 76ers. And it's like, guys, 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 just try to win. Just try, You have the ability to win. The 76ers didn't need to go out and get James Harden. They didn't they, need to get Jimmy Butler either. They didn't need to go get Jimmy Butler. They had the ability. The Lakers didn't need to go get Anthony Davis and blow up that team. They could have just – they were one or two seasons away from having a legitimate all-star team, that, you know, that they built and just added LeBron to. Like, God, I would have loved to see that. You know, as much as I dislike the Lakers, just the what could have been for that – the talent on that team now would have been just – man. And then, agree then, with you. And that's, and that's one where you have to be like, man – in some dimension somewhere, that team's probably won like five championships already. And we're going, wow, this is a new dot. You know, you Honestly. know, your belief in whatever multiverse bullshit. But like that was an organically an extremely talented team. It would have been very fun to watch, regardless if you hate the Lakers or not, which I do. Exactly. Exactly. It really would have been. You were you had if you just look at all the players they gave away in the draft picks that ended up turning into players that it's just. They they had the ability. The Lakers could have flipped the script on their entire team, and Jeannie Buss could have built something for herself that rivaled, or at least attempted to rival, like the beginnings of a of a new Laker dynasty that wasn't mm-hmm. orchestrated by by her father. Right. She could you know she could have built that out, and the Lakers could have been dominant in a real way that no one could realistically argue with. But now we'll never know because. Uh, and I know we talk, we're talking a lot about the Lakers a lot in this in this episode, but they're just the most glaring example yeah, of a team that that will sell their soul to win one championship and then go into the gutter for five years. And it's like I don't mm-hmm. even think you think Laker fans like that. You think they really want to sit there and go like I know they're the ones leading the charge right now, going let's go get Kyrie, yay! But they're only doing that because they suck. If yeah. they were good. If they were good, if they if they had gotten Westbrook and been fine, they you wouldn't hear a peep out of them. But what what they really want to do is win. They want their team to win, like every fan. If if they had kept all those players and gotten LeBron anyway, which they did through free agency, that would have been something special. But instead, you know, we just we just won't know. 
So, but they at least we, they got that Mickey Mouse championship, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That that's a whole other conversation. I mean, good, good lord, you you got the easiest path to a championship in the last twenty five years. Congratulations. <laughs> but uh, well, that's been us here at uh, Dive Bar Sportscast. Uh, you know, we thank you for listening as always. And, uh, you know, we're, we've got some exciting uh, topics coming up, you know, on player empowerment and how, you know, the 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 impact of uh, of owners on franchises and, and things like that. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming up and we really appreciate uh, you uh, you guys listening to us when we put these episodes out. We're trying to get them more uh, more and more consistent. Uh, you know, we do have uh, unfortunately we have uh, daily daily lives of our own. But uh, <laughs> You know, we want to, uh, you know, put out the best content for you, for you guys and for ourselves. So, uh, we, again, we thank you so much. And uh, cheers, sports fans. Cheers.